hello everybody and welcome to the 82nd episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I didn't even know we were in the 80s. Well, you're always in the 80s, I feel like. (laughs) But anyways, I'm excited for this episode because I am finally addressing something that is basically a conversation I have with people all the time, definitely with clients more often than I'd like to admit. And what are we talking about? Well, I'm just going to start this whole episode off by saying to everybody listening, especially you clients, that your body weight is only one measurement of your overall health and definitely not the be-all, end-all. And yet everybody obsesses about the scale and everybody puts all their focus on the number that that scale shows. And yes, the scale does tell you how much you weigh, but it's body composition, folks, that tells you where that weight is coming from. And I'm talking whether it's coming from fat, muscle, bone, water, all kinds of different things that should be factored in when you are looking at that number on the scale. And quite frankly, we should all be equally interested in identifying exactly where our weight is coming from, not just focused on the number on the scale. And you know what? It's actually pretty damn fun and fascinating when you can nerd out on the numbers. I don't know about that. Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Reppin' the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Reppin' the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Oh, and by the way, welcome back to the show, Sarah. Thanks. You're making me feel like I'm a guest or something. Yeah, I guess it was only one episode you weren't on. (laughs) And if I was a guest, this would not be the topic that I would be talking about. Or feel like an expert on. Yes, very true. But as the average person, I am kind of curious. Do you weigh yourself or how often do you weigh yourself? Never. I Mm. don't need that kind of disappointment in my life. (laughs) Well, now you know what? I actually respect that. Well, you shouldn't. Well, is that just because you're an ostrich with your head stuck in the sand? Yeah, fat ostrich who can't run. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, seriously, I, I get it. I have gone long periods of time without weighing myself over the years. And you know what? There has been a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years as well who I've advised to not weigh themselves. Because let's be honest, it is stressful and it can be triggering for a lot of people as well. And honestly, for those clients, I will tell them to only take photos of themselves as a way for us to measure their progress, even though it does make my job harder as a coach. 
much when I don't actually have any specific numbers to work with. But hey, I am the first person to acknowledge that a scale can be super damaging for a lot of people. And on the other hand, I know a lot of people and clients who religiously weigh themselves every single week and they actually find it helps them in a positive way to stay on track with their eating. Even mom, our own mother, is a good example of one. Oh, I didn't know that. Although mom is pretty hot for an old bag. Yeah, for 74, I gotta admit. Yeah, uh, all natural. Yeah, props to mom. But anyway, oftentimes when I start working with a new client, the protocol is that they fill out my questionnaire and they almost always list their main goals as being fat loss and muscle gain. No surprise there. What they're essentially saying is, of course, that they want to improve their body composition by lowering their body fat percentage and increasing their muscle mass. And yes, I will typically start most people on a program to accomplish both of those goals. But often what they find is that they aren't losing weight early into their program, which of course leads to frustration and sometimes even giving up altogether. And this is especially common if you're relying on that good old traditional bathroom scale as your go-to way for measuring fat loss. And sure enough, every damn time I have to reassure these clients that just because they aren't losing pounds does not mean they aren't losing fat. And more often than not, they are experiencing changes in things like water weight, if it's very early on in the program, or possibly they are gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. If it's been a good few weeks or months into the program. And this is basically where body composition testing can be super useful for both me as the coach and them as the client. Well, I admit I am interested to hear all about this because I had no idea what the hell you were talking about when you told me the title of this episode. Well, pull up a chair, kids, because Coach Shorky is going to drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. That did not really go with that old-timey voice. (laughs) How about, prepare to be entertained, or at least educated. Wasn't on the ball with that one. Sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks for correcting me. But anyways, all physical transformation goals aside, I do believe that having your body composition measured is a really good way of seeing just how physically fit you are. Not to mention if you're at an increased risk for certain diseases. I mean, obviously, things like the higher your body fat percentage is, the greater your risk is going to be for developing things like heart disease, obesity, diabetes. Watch out for the diabetes, kids. Or on the flip side, it should come as no surprise that the higher your lean body mass is, the better your metabolism is going to be because muscle is more metabolic than fat. And that basically means that it helps to promote a higher basal metabolic rate. Golly gee, what the hell are you talking about? Bam off, folks! Uh, Meaning the number of calories your body needs to just live and do its daily functions. I'm not talking about going to the gym or running a marathon or doing your yoga class. I'm literally just talking about the amount of calories your body burns while performing basic life-sustaining functions. Yeah, I think my body stopped burning calories naturally a long time ago. No, I think you just stopped caring a long time ago. 
And on that note, I should also mention that a healthy body composition is, of course, going to vary quite a lot depending on many factors, such as your gender, your age, your height, and of course, fitness level. For instance, a healthy body fat percentage for a hardcore athlete, it's going to be somewhere around 6 to 13% for a man and 14 to 20% for a woman. I'm going to repeat this again. So a hardcore athlete athlete who is training like a beast six, maybe seven days a week for a man, their body fat is going to be six to 13%. And for a hardcore athlete female, it's going to be 14 to 20% body fat. But here's where it gets interesting. For the average person who is still active, but not training for multiple hours a day, their ideal body fat percentage is going to be somewhere around 14 to 17% for a man and 21 to 24% for a woman. But interestingly enough, when I researched the actual, okay, so not ideal, actual averages, the average American person is 28% body fat for a man and 40% for a woman. Wow. So going back to those ideal body fat numbers, I, I find this super fascinating, but okay, so it's considered unhealthy when a man's body fat percentage is greater than 25% and a woman's is greater than 32%. So remember what I said, according to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, the most common body fat percentage in the United States right now is 28% for a man and 40% for a woman. So literally most Americans are carrying around more body fat than what is considered healthy and I'm pretty sure those stats are similar for us Canadians, eh? We're all a bunch of fat fucks. Yeah, it's scary shit. But a good segue into the next topic I want to address and that, my friends, is how to improve your body composition. So obviously knowing your body composition is the first step to transforming your body, not to mention understanding your progress, but whether you're just getting started on your fitness journey or maybe you are a seasoned fitness fanatic like me, regardless... I really highly suggest that you go and get a body composition test done. A lot of gyms can do this for you. Definitely a lot of medical centers. It's usually called a DEXA scan. The thing is, it'll run you anywhere from like 60 to 150 bucks. Or if you have better things to spend your money on, you can do what I do and I use a fit track scale. And I honestly love this thing, guys. It's like the next best thing to a DEXA scan, just the inexpensive home version. And yeah, what it, she hasn't shut up about this thing. I love it. Because, okay, so it basically sends a weak electric current through your body. You step on it in your bare feet, and the voltage measured calculates 17 different metrics. Oh, wow. Yeah, so regardless of what my scale weight is, I can now actually see if I'm building muscle and if my body fat is going in the right direction while I'm hopefully increasing muscle mass. Now, are the results 100% accurate? Probably not, but I do believe 
it's pretty close and at least gives us some numbers to work with. And I love that I can track my progress via an app that you just put onto your phone and it actually gives you weekly or monthly reports. And so I started getting my clients to use the FitTrack scale as well because to be honest, it makes my job easier as a coach because they can send me their progress reports too. And I actually think it helps them with accountability. You kind of can't help but nerd out on the results and it's fun to compare the numbers from previous weeks and months, which makes it more motivating because if the scale weight is not always changing, at least you can see what else is changing at the same time. I also love that the FitTrack scale has a setting for active people or people who work out a lot, athletes, those of us with more muscle, And it costs about a hundred bucks and it'll actually cost you even less if you use the code jacked on the beanstalk at checkout. It'll get you 20% off the total. So you would go to fittrack.com, F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K.com. Enter Jacked on the Beanstalk, and I am an affiliate for them, obviously, but I actually wanted to be an affiliate because I do love this scale so much, and I really think that if you guys are into geeking out on the numbers and and actually learning about your body and your body composition, I do think that you will greatly appreciate investing in one of these scales. And it's only a hundred bucks; it costs less than a Dexa, and you can use it every week. I personally weigh myself every Sunday morning, first thing after I pee before I eat or drink anything because that is when your weight is at its truest and I like to see if my body fat percentage or muscle mass is changing and then I basically just fine-tune my nutrition and my training based around those results and this goes for even if you're only tracking your weight via a traditional scale you always want to make sure that you're weighing yourself first thing in the morning on an empty stomach and really just try to do it once per week on the same day each week if possible to really keep it as consistent as possible. And you know what metric I actually found most fascinating when I started using the FitTrack scales here? What? The bone density results. Apparently, I have super high bone density or bone mass, if you will, which I credit to my now 12 years of consistent strength training. As I don't know if you guys know this, but lean muscle mass naturally diminishes as we age. And unfortunately, for most people, body fat percentage naturally increases over time if we don't do anything to replace the lean muscle that we're losing. So I've probably said this on past episodes, regular strength training is going to be one of the best things you can do to help prevent that muscle loss, preserve muscle mass, and even enhance what muscle you already have no matter how old you are. And going back to the whole bone density topic, strength training will also big time help with developing strong bones. And we need strong bones as we get older because just like lifting weights is a stress on the muscle, lifting weights also stresses your bones. And just like stressing your muscles helps to strengthen and rebuild muscle tissue, strength training also increases bone density and reduces your risk of osteoporosis, which of course is a big deal for a lot of elderly people. And women especially. Yes. So I found it super fascinating to see that I had really high bone density according to the FitTrack results. And it totally makes sense given how much strength training I've done and continue to do. I was just thinking some of it could be genetic too. Like mom Mm. has bones of steel. Right. And actually even my pathetic body, when I got tested for bone density, it was fine. Oh, really? Yeah, just everything else is falling apart. 
Okay, well, that is good to know. And I would be interested to actually see what your bone density results show to compare with mine as a bodybuilder. Well, I'm pretty sure they're still shittier than yours. Yeah, but genetically, we're cut from the same cloth, so it would be cool to compare. But anyway, the next metric I found interesting was the water weight. And this is one you ladies especially will appreciate because it's quite fascinating just how much this number can fluctuate based on where you're at in your monthly cycle or where you are in your journey from perimenopause to menopause. Another thing we don't always consider when we're just relying on that good old trusty bathroom scale because yes, my weight did go up before I got my last period, but I didn't stress about it because I could see that my body water metric was showing higher than in previous weeks. So it really is a cool scale and another good tool to add to our health and fitness tool belt. And again, if you guys want to get in on this progress tracking action, just go to fittrack.com. And yes, I am an affiliate for them because I'm hoping to get all of my clients onto this so that I can coach them better. And yeah, if this interests you too, and you want to start measuring your own body fat versus muscle mass and feel more motivated by the results than what you're getting from your bathroom scale, then hit up fittrack.com. Use the code jacked on the beanstalk at checkout to save you 20%. And yes, I will include a link to the scale on the show notes for this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com, of course. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about on this episode that is another game changer for tracking your health and fitness progress, it's a harder one, definitely more time consuming, and unfortunately, you do have to do it all day, every day, not just once per week, but... If you're serious about changing your body composition, you absolutely need to track your caloric intake. And I know that a lot of clients hate tracking. I have a love-hate relationship with it myself. But it's no surprise to anyone that diet and exercise both play a huge role in improving your body composition with nutrition being king. And it definitely makes the biggest impact when you can track your daily calories. Plain and simple, guys, if you want to lose body fat, you need to figure out what your caloric goals are. And as much as it sucks, you need to start tracking your food via an app. I use MyFitnessPal. In fact, it's the only one I've ever used. It's free and it works. Well, I hate to admit it, but the times in my life that I did track my food, it definitely made me more accountable. Yeah, no shit. And if your goal is weight loss, you'll obviously need to decrease your calorie intake to lose body fat and continually decrease it until you've reached your ideal body fat percentage. But something a lot of people don't even realize is that you never want to cut your calories so low because you'll more than likely end up losing muscle mass in the process, not to mention super low calorie diets are even harder to stick with for the long term and definitely won't set you up for long term success and we certainly aren't all about that crash diet life here yo on the flip side if your main goal is to gain muscle and your body fat percentage is already on the lower end you'll basically want to do the complete opposite and make sure you are eating a lot of additional calories to support muscle growth which is what I do for a lot of my male clients and some 
something else worth noting that I get a lot of clients who are so fixated on seeing their overall weight go down. And even though they want to build muscle, they have this goal weight, this magical number in their head, probably what they weighed in high school, that they are determined to see on the scale. But oftentimes, their body composition changes, but they remain at the exact same weight throughout the entire time we're working together, which is also why it's super helpful to have a scale like the Fit Track one to see that body fat is going down despite muscle mass going up and body weight remaining the same. And remember too, guys, like circling back to the whole tracking your food topic, your macronutrient balance is in some ways even more critical for supporting your body composition goals than the caloric intake. And I know a lot of people that, you know, they'll they'll have a set number of calories they're trying to hit, but they don't really care where those calories are coming from. And that's really not the attitude you want to have. How I personally determine macros for a client is so dependent on the individual on many factors, such as their age, their height, weight, gender. What is their starting body composition? How much do they work out? Do they have any existing health issues? There's a lot of shit that goes into this. That is also why it does help to hire a coach and take the guesswork out for them. Now, maybe this is a stupid question, but is it better to lose body fat first or build muscle first? Because it seems like you always go for the combo with your clients. No, that is a good question because I get asked this pretty regularly or I have a lot of clients who say, okay, so I want to start working with you, but first let's lose the fat and then we'll build the muscle later. And I always think this is funny because my answer, first of all, it's going to be... But see, that's where my mind goes too. But generally speaking, for most people, there is a huge benefit to doing both aerobic and anaerobic activity for optimal results. I mean, obviously a very lean person, I'm going to have them do very little cardio. It would mostly just be for their heart health. And if I take on a client with a lot of body fat to lose, I would probably give them more cardio-based workouts where they're going to get their heart rate elevated while they're strength training as well, you know. But I also like to start moderately with every new client because consistency for everyone is usually the main goal in the very beginning. But yeah, if you have enough body fat to turn into muscle, that is the most ideal client. And that is most people who come to me because I can get them to start a strength building program with a bit of cardio. And then they're getting all the benefits of anaerobic exercise, plus all the fat burning and heart health benefits of aerobic exercise. And bear in mind, guys, like cardio is great for burning calories and losing body fat? Yes. But in order to build muscle, you need to incorporate strength or resistance training. And like I mentioned earlier, the more muscle you have, the better your metabolism is going to be and the more calories you're going to be burning throughout the day. Whereas cardio doesn't do that. Lifting weights supports your lean mass and helps you to burn fat. And if you're new to strength training or haven't been doing it for a while, like you, Sarah, then I would say to just start with body weight movements at home like air squats, plank shoulder 
shoulder taps, push-ups, hip thrusts, supermans to strengthen your whole back, stuff like that. Yeah, and it, and it's great. If you have a lot of body fat, you can be in a caloric deficit and still turn that body fat into muscle. So ideally, you should be able to do both at the same time and none of this, well, let's just starve ourselves and get small and then worry about the muscle later. It doesn't work like that. But doesn't that mean if you are turning your fat into muscle, you're just going to be bigger? No, the problem is that, and I deal with this all the time with women saying, oh, I when I lift weights, I get bulky. No, what happens is when you start lifting weights, your hunger increases. So if you're not tracking your food like you're supposed to be, you end up eating more than you should be. And so while you're building muscle, you develop a layer of fat over top of the muscle. That's why, again, all these tracking measures, the numbers don't lie. You should be able to build muscle and lose fat at the same time, but it means you're going to have to be mindful of your macronutrient balance, that the protein is high enough to build muscle, that you're not going too crazy on the fats or the carbs, and that you're actually challenging yourself with workouts. Like, I would rather give most people weights over cardio and then just keep the diet tight. But is that because you're a cardio hater? No, I'm not a cardio (laughs) hater. I like both. I think there are benefits to both, but if I had to choose one that's going to benefit people more than the other, without a doubt, strength training. Does that answer your question? Actually, yes, very, very much so. Okay. Thank you. And and yeah, this totally correlates to the macronutrient tracking I was just mentioning. Because most people, whether they're overweight or underweight, will still want to ensure they're getting enough protein to support their lean mass and build more muscle mass. And then I would just adjust their fat and carbs according to the type of exercise I have them doing and the amount of exercise they're doing. But yeah, again, Tracking don't lie. Nothing is more sobering and motivating than seeing those statistics. But I also feel like we can't end this episode without also mentioning that you can track your food and your body composition until the cows come home, people. But... I know I said this earlier, it's consistency. That is the number one most important factor. And that's the thing when I take on any new client that I'm just hoping that they can get out of the first phase of programming is just making it a consistent habit in their life. Because, hey, anyone can stick to a plan for a few weeks, but the real change happens after months of consistency and hard work. And that doesn't mean you need to embark on a gruesome 12-week program where you're working out for three hours a day and consuming nothing but protein shakes. You really shouldn't have to suffer in order to see changes in your body. It's literally just about making small adjustments that work for you and then continually making those tiny adjustments which come a lot easier when you're making use of all the awesome tracking tools out there such as my fitness pal and the fit track scale and yeah and just be patient and give your body time to see those results you can't expect your body composition to change in a few weeks as i tell all my clients all the time we are running a marathon it's not a sprint you can't pick up right you can't pick up a set of dumbbells and think you're going to be stepping on a competition stage in 12 weeks this shit takes time it takes dedication but i promise that you will get out what you put in and you can take that first step by going to fittrack.com and using the code jacked on the beanstalk to to save 20%. Golly gee willikers, that's one hell of a deal. (laughs) Willikers? 
Is that a word? I like it. Golly gee willikas, I love that scale. <laughs> and honestly, guys, like I feel like I'm I'm doing a big sales pitch on this episode, but I would not be recommending it if I didn't genuinely think our podcast listeners would not love it as well. And of course, I've been promoting it to my clients because it's going to make my life easier as a coach and their lives as well. So yeah, I hope you guys did like this episode and you got some info out of it and not just a uh, pitch to buy a scale. No, that was a ton of information. Okay, good. And even I, I think the scale sounds pretty cool, actually. Okay, I'll set up a profile for you on it. Thanks. Yes, and I also wanted to mention a little welcome note to Randy S., our uh, new Patreon supporter. Welcome, Randy. Thank you for the support. And on that note, I am definitely still planning to put out that supplement cupboard video soon for all you Patreons out there. I'm so sorry. I have not forgotten about it. It's in big letters on my whiteboard at home. I just suck. And speaking of sucking, I also don't have a song. Not for lack of trying, though. In fact, after two hours of rage-inducing song searching, I've decided that from here on out, any episode that deals with numbers, measurements, losing weight, or any topic like this, I'm exempt from the responsibility of choosing a song. Okay. Having said that, I did find a couple songs that might have worked. Okay, like what? I just Do you know um, How Low by Ludacris? Yeah, isn't that the, to the window, to the wall, to the sweat drip down my balls, all these bitches crawl. I like that one. No. What the? No, that is not the one. Or isn't that a Lil John song? I don't even think that's ludicrous. What? That's not the one? No. Yeah. What? Okay. (laughs) That is definitely not the one. Anyway. What? We're we're not singing. Okay. Oh, God. Are we done now? We are done. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you do end up getting the Fit Track scale, be sure to let me know what you think if you love it. That's it for this week. Shorky Sisters, out.